Pro First Round Fantasy fans, welcome on in. We are First Round Fantasy, your home for second round advice. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're joined by me. I'm here, Gabriel Maramontes, as well as Jacob Bartley, Demond Ricks, and Joseph Morsaz. I got to find lingo to say your guys' names, Jacob and Demond. Like, it's just it, Jake, Joseph Morsaz. It really just has like a cool tone to it, and I can like play with it. You guys are just like flat. Well, I mean, to do that. you can play with me, but. Hey, that's Hello. all the that's all the announcer, Gabe. You got you got to make it work, man. I know. That's your I'm, pl- I'm playing around with things. We'll figure it out. Um, anyways, welcome, guys. It's been a minute, and if you're listening to this, guess what? We are one day away from the football season, boys. How are we feeling? Excited. Gonna be fun. We got what Deshaun Watson, the new money man, and uh, Patrick Mahomes, the mega money man, going at it on Thursday <clears> night. <throat> Texans and Chiefs up in Arrowhead. That'll be a good game to watch. I'm gonna find out. So much. Well, I got yeah. I've been deciding on cooks. Should I bench cooks for John Brown? Well, cooks is injured right now. Yeah, he sat out of practice. Out of practice, and he said they're gonna limit it. I think you're gonna have to wait unless you're working or something. That's that I am, yeah. I would just put John Brown in to be honest. I mean, nothing you can do, yeah. Wait till the last moment, like, yeah, you can. Well, we are two episodes away from moving into our weekly podcast where we're gonna give you guys a lot of great stuff. Uh, we do have a lot of great stuff planned, so we can't wait to present that to you guys. But today, we're getting into the NFC South. Tomorrow, you're going to get our ranking show. That's going to be some hot takes for sure. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I know we said we weren't going to go over the news, but I just thought this was funny, okay? And I'm sure you guys have already heard about it. I just want to get your percentage chances, all right? So Bud Light announced Tuesday, uh, this was now a week ago, that anyone who drafted Gardner Mitchell in the first round and won their league championship starting Gardner Mitchell throughout the year would receive a season's worth of free beer. Totally. Guys, now Damn. we see this all the time, right? We see uh, guys like, what was it, two years ago, someone drafted a kicker in one of our leagues. Was it Johnny? And then mm-hmm. made the playoffs. And then made the playoffs, right? So, I mean, it's not like he's drafting a – you're not drafting a kicker. You're drafting a quarterback, right? A quarterback outside the top 15, maybe even 20. But what's the percentage chance that you guys would do that in a draft? For a chance at Bud Light, just if, know that we could be sponsored by Bud Light soon. Well, look, if it's a free, league, <laughs> if I would have known it, if it's a free league, then I'll do it, and I'll. And Bud Light don't want you to be doing it during no free league. How are they gonna know? Yeah. It's a hundred dollar league, all right. If I would have known that before all these drafts, I, I would have Minshew as my quarterback in all five of them. Dang, Demond, <laughs> I just I thought about this. It would have been so awesome if you would have chugged a nice drink of Bud Light right there, but you're drinking yeah. Michelob right, Ultra. I'm reset for a dynasty draft again and then make Minshew Demond's first-round pick. Oh, so, I'm down. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. We'll put up an Instagram post tomorrow and have people talk about it. It should be fun. Like I said, we're getting into the NFC South today. It's good to be here because you know why? This is one of the best divisions of football and honestly one of the most exciting to talk about. 
And we're jumping right into it. First team on the list. Uh-oh, Jacob, I didn't see your show notes before, so I'm going off Buccaneers. Road. Buccaneers. <laughs> Crap. Buccaneers. <laughs> Let me scroll down. We're doing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 79 last year. Um, holy cow, did this team turn it around when they picked up Tom Brady from the New England Patriots in free agency. He's currently going in the ninth round of drafts. He finishes the number 13 QB last year. Uh, and that's kind of been a steady decline for him in Brady's later years. He's got a couple of hot finishes. Obviously, we know his, we've known about his years of fantasy dominance and just dominance in the NFL. Are any of you guys starting him as your number one QB? I know I am. I'm starting him as one of my uh, double QBs. And one if I wait on QB and I take him later in a draft, I will. But I don't have any Tom Brady stocks, I don't think. Yeah, I don't have any Tom Brady stocks. But this is by far the I mean, the best supporting cast that he's had in terms of uh, Mike Evans. In a long time. In a long in, time. In a very long time. Loss, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't have any stock in him either. It's not – that I didn't want him. It's just, uh, it never really lined up with my draft. I noticed a couple guys during the drafts that we were doing kind of plucked him out a little bit early. Like he was going right after the, uh, top six or seven QBs and that just wasn't where I had him. So never ended up getting a chance to grab him. Too high for me. Yeah. Well, Jacob, I have to mention you because back in our bold prediction show just about two months ago, you said that if anybody can dethrone Lamar Jackson, it oh was going to be the great Tom oh. Brady. He was going to have to mention Lamar Jackson's name in that. And, and he was going to have a Peyton Manning esque second year like he did in Denver when he threw fifty five touchdowns. I think that's still possible. Oh, but here's Tom the thing. Brady. Look. People don't understand what bold predictions are. People make bold predictions. They take it as like, that's what you really think. It's when you make a bold prediction, it's you have to make a far fetch, you know, you have to make a commitment that's far fetch. And I just think that that's possible. I think that's within the realm of possibility with his, with his teammates and that he has there. It's crazy. Like I don't think he's ever had two top six receivers. Never. or two mm-hmm. top seven receivers. He's, I mean, maybe Randy Moss or Randy Moss was better than both of these guys, but mm-hmm. have two of them. So even if he just yeah. had one of these guys in New England recently, he that would have been crazy. So I just think it's possible, but it's not likely. Yeah, well, that's definitely true. He's never had weapons like this before. Bruce Arians runs an air raid offense. I mean, despite what we might think about Brady as a game manager, he's known to throw it deep as well. So we're really going to test his arm here, what, at age 42? So he's got a lot to prove. And the reason why he left Tampa Bay in the first place is that, I mean, honestly, he wanted to prove to everybody that it wasn't Bill Belichick's team, it's Tom Brady's team. And he wants another ring, and I think he's, by golly, he's got one of the best offenses to do it with. And uh, let's talk about those weapons, right? Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. If you owned them last year, you had days of love and laughter, and you had days of sadness and despair. However, they both finished inside the top 15 last year. Mike Evans, uh, number 15, and Chris Godwin as the number two overall. They both missed some games last time last year as well. Mike Evans missed three. Chris Godwin missed two. Um, Godwin had 20 more catches and just under 200 yards Oh, I'm sorry. Godwin had 20 more catches and just under 200 yards more than Chris. 
also had one TD as well. Uh, that also goes to show how little of a disparity there is in those wide receiver rankings and why they always go so deep year after year. I'm going to stop talking and I'll leave it up to you guys. Who do you want? Who are you taking this year? Chris Godwin or Chris Evans? Or uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. Mike Evans. Mike uh, Evans. No, definitely not Mike Evans, though. The answer is Chris Godwin and it's not even close. In my opinion, I think Mike Evans is going way too high in these drafts. His big, big plays last year were Winston chucking it down, what, 40, 50-yard bombs to Evans? I'm mm. not sure that he's got that in him. I, I'm not going to doubt Tom Brady and say that he's not, but I'm looking at Brady like, look at how he used Edelman and turned him into a top-10 receiver. And now he's got Godwin, who's far more talented, younger, faster, better, stronger. He's going to keep Godwin up there in that top five, I think, but I don't like Evans – um, going as high as he is, which I think is wide receiver seven or eight, something like that. Yeah, currently ADP, they're like right around. Actually, Godwin's going sooner. Godwin's going at the beginning of the third round. Mike Evans is going at the end of the third round. So, yeah. Damon, what about you? What do you think? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Well, and uh, these all these five drafts that I've had, I've ended up with zero of them just because of their ADPs mm-hmm. were a little too high at the time. And I think that a lot of their success last year came from Winston chucking it and then their lack of a, a running game. So, I mean, I don't want any, I don't want either of them cause they're, they're going too high for me. And Jacob, what about you? Yeah, to DeMont's point, they go where I'm getting my second or third running back. And I, I just, I would rather take a running back and, Wide receiver, look, I hear people say this all the time, and I'm, I don't necessarily agree with it every year, but this year wide receiver is so deep, like so freaking deep. It's crazy. Yeah. So I'd Mr. rather Marcus be on other guys. But you guys, we got to be careful and remember our rankings on top of our head. If not, Joe's going to call us out. So <laughs> I, I know I have Mike Evans right above Chris Godwin, if I'm not mistaken. And the reason is I believe in the talent. Look, I – if, I, if not, I might have them flip-flopped. But the re, the thing is, because of the quarterback who's throwing to them, Chris Godwin's going to have a better year. If this were if, if you put both of them with Aaron Rodgers, I would say Mike Evans is going to have a better year, to be honest. It depends on the quarterback. If it's Big Ben, Mike Evans is going to have a better year. But it's Tom Brady, who we know utilized Julian Edelman to like the best of his ability. So I think, realistically, Godwin is going to have – a better year, but I like Mike Evans more. I would draft Mike Evans ahead of Chris Godwin just because I believe in the big playability. Mike Evans has had uh, six consecutive years over a thousand yards last year. Again, Chris Godwin had one more touchdown than Mike Evans. I just think that Tom Brady is still, like you said, he's going to be an orchestrator of that offense. He's going to keep it short and Chris Godwin will feed between the twenties. Uh, however, in the red zone, I don't think they're going to be handing the ball off to Ronald Jones. I know they got the newly acquired Leonard Fournette. I don't know what his role is yet, but it certainly could be a goal line type of presence. But I know that Brady's, Brady's going to throw a ton around the goal line. And if he is, I have my money on Evans rather than Godwin. And that's why I like Evans for the t- uh, touchdown upside this year. Sure. And we'll talk about it more tomorrow, I'm sure, because I have him ranked pretty high as well on my rankings. <coughs> get into it because i'm thinking about adjusting it so that's why i'm lucky we're doing this last minute more work for you joe jamal yeah. mentioned 
the <laughs> running back core. Now, yes, it is still a work in progress. However, I wrote these show notes like what a week ago. So it shows how dated I am because I did not update the signing of Leonard Fournette. It just brings a huge murkiness to this backfield. Um, however, I mean, I still am a fan of Ronald Jones. I know that he hasn't had the opportunity he would have liked to have had so far in his NFL career. And they bring someone like the caliber of Leonard Fournette into uh, for some unforeseen role now, but there's just, it's, it's, it's murky now, boys. It's murky as it could get. So who are you thinking? Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, they cut uh, a little bit of one day. Sean McCoy is there, so you know he's going to get some passing down work. And you also have the rookie Keyshawn Vaughn. You can't say that this backfield is going to be irrelevant. They're most likely going to be relevant for the NFL purposes, but with all those heads in there getting some sort of action, I'm waiting a few weeks, and if not, probably just bypassing them altogether and trying to figure it out later in the year if I want to trade for one of them and someone gets hot. What about you guys? Oh, I hate it. I hate this situation, man. Like I, I'm stuck with Fournette in a keeper league, and it's the worst. And there's nothing you can do. You can't trade him. You can't drop him. You can't. You have to keep him because you don't know what's going to happen. He could. I I texted Joe jokingly. I was like, he's Legarrette Blunt 2.0. Like he could have that kind of year. I'm not saying 18 touchdowns, but he could have 12 touchdowns this year because they're just going to give it to the biggest guy they got in the end zone. But I just uh, look since this happened, I haven't drafted any of them. So mm-hmm. that you and I've had like three drafts since then, and I'm staying away. I mean, I, both of them have plummeted in terms of ADP. Ronald Jones was going in the sixth round. Now he's going in the eighth. And Leonard Fournette felt like a pretty comfortable fourth round pick because you were guaranteed that workload. I mean, we just did a draft yesterday, Jacob. That guy didn't even fly off the board until like the 10th or 11th round. Yeah. He sat for a while. Damon, you were about to say something. What do you think? I think it's easy, and I think it's Fournette. There, there's a reason. This team is like a glass cannon. They're trying to win, and they're trying to win now. And they threw somebody like Fournette in there, and he's going to get all the touchdowns. Tom Brady does like one QB sneak a year. <laughs> Fournette, Fournette is – He's going to have double-digit touchdowns. You know what? I wouldn't even doubt that. You bring up a really good point, Damon, and I think back to those New England years where you had someone like, I don't know, let's say James White, who just feasted PPR value-wise inside the 20s, and then they gave it to LeGarrette Blunt at the goal line, and then you have Garrett Blunt in those 10, 12 touchdown seasons. So I could totally see a scenario like that. I don't even know if it's Ronald Jones just getting the passing work though. It could very well be LaShawn McCoy or Keyshawn Vaughn. If I'm taking anybody, I probably agree with the mom. I want Leonard Fournette because of the touchdown uh, capabilities. Joe, what about you? So I'm going to kind of go off of what DeMond said, but even as I'm going to take it a step further, uh, we talked about how you guys have been avoiding this backfield. I actually like it more now because before they got Leonard Fournette, I was not touching Ronald Jones in the sixth round. So mm-hmm. that wasn't even an option for me. But now with Fournette, like you said, slipping maybe to the 10th or 9th or whatever mm-hmm. that is, I love that value because he's way more talented than him. And people forget about it. Gabe, you're an example right here. You said, who's going to get the passing work? You don't even mention Fournette. Fournette had 70-something catches last year. He was very involved in the pass game in Jacksonville. He's going to be involved in the pass game in Tampa with Brady throwing it off to him. And 
there's no reason to think that he can't kind of replicate a little bit of White did, but still get the goal line work. And I think, like Jamal said, they're trying to win a championship. And if Fournette comes out and totally outplays Ronald Jones like I expect him to, it's going to take a couple of weeks. So my rankings kind of reflect that, that you need to sit back and wait. You may not get that Fournette until week four or week six. But I think when you do, he could end up being a big factor for your team in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I think we're all leaning towards Leonard Fournette. And, the, I mean, I get it. You talk about – you bring up Jacksonville, and that's because he was the only guy there. Like, of course yeah. they're going to force feed someone 70 passes out of the backfield when Gardner Minshew is running for his life every waking moment. The team looks like they're in – I don't know. You guys big say tank mode? I don't know just yet. But oh, yeah. yeah I mean, absolutely, yeah. It doesn't look good yeah. there in Jacksonville. However, I mean, we talked about them before. There's some fantasy options there, but not enough to get into today because we're talking about the NFC South. One last man we got to talk about, and that is the man hold on, himself. Hold on. Chris Thompson or Fournette? Oh, Chris Thompson. Fournette. Fournette. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not even thinking about drafting Chris Thompson. Standard okay. league, Fournette, half PPR, with Fournette. Oh man, we talk about men leagues, PPR, point per reception. We don't yeah. talk standard leagues around here. <laughs> I'm bringing hey, up. we got PPR, the tight ends, right? Yeah, let's talk Gronk. Tight ends, Gronk, guys. ADP 801. He was once the great man who he was. Now he's coming out of retirement. We talked about it before, actually. Joe had mentioned that, you know, a year of rest does the body some good. I don't see him returning any sort of fantasy value this year. But you know what? I actually immediately take that back. The last time that we saw Rob Gronkowski crack the top 10, he was the number – well, he didn't even crack the top 10. He was the number 11 tight end in 2018. Well, last time he played a full season, yeah. Yeah, he was the number 11 tight end. Um, Now I just feel like there's way too many options there. He's decoy or bust. He's going to have his big games. But for the most part, I'm staying away from Rob Gronkowski. What about you guys? Yeah, I think Gronkowski is going to be like a uh, playoff football player, like not a fantasy football player. Like he's going to he's going to make that team better, like you said, as a decoy, and they're going to kind of keep him healthy until they he has to actually work in the playoffs. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. A good. He'll point. have his he'll have his big weeks, couple here and there, but I don't see it. There's just in his position alone, there's too many guys there to feed the ball to, yeah. as well as he's not even the biggest guy on the field now. Mike Evans is probably going to get those a lot of those end zone targets. So, mm-hmm. I, look, he's a good streamer guy. The thing is he's being drafted as a top 10 tight end, but he's mm-hmm. a good streamer guy. He's a good guy. Like, if you have – like, let's I draft Mike Gusecki a lot in a lot of leagues, and maybe he doesn't work out like I planned. Maybe I have both of those guys to see how it works out, something like that. But he's not. I'm not drafting him as a top eight tight end. Yeah, I agree with that. He's. I think when you guys are saying big weeks too, I think a big week for Gronk is going to be three catches, mm-hmm. twenty yards, and two touchdowns. Exactly. That's what. That's yeah. exactly what I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I mean. He's not going to have those eight catch, eighty yard games that you might no. get from like Higby or Evan Engram. I just don't see that. One, there's too many options. Two. They're trying to win a Super Bowl. They're not trying to bust Gronk or bust Gronkowski out. Yeah, exactly. And put him in a place to get hurt. So I don't see it. Yeah, All right, that's a real assessment. Uh, Jacob, we got the Falcons uh, up next. Lucky me, 
that's the way I was going. The Atlanta Falcons, seven and nine last year. They're looking to do some new things with a couple of new pieces and a couple of emerging stars, most notably Calvin Ridley. And you can't mention Calvin Ridley without talking about Julio Jones. Uh, and let's get right into it. Julio Jones, ADP, currently going in the second round, first or second pick, maybe even the fourth if he waits that long. Uh, he finished as the number three fantasy wide receiver last year with 157 targets, 99 receptions, 1,400 yards, and six TDs. Calvin Ridley, his emerging counterpart, currently going in the fifth round and finished as the number 27 receiver last year with 93 targets, 63 receptions, 866 yards, and seven TDs. He did that in 13 games, by the way. So mm -hmm. both of these guys are certainly fantasy relevant, especially when Matt Ryan is throwing the ball 640-something times a season. You can't help but have one of them. I've been hearing a lot of rumors, though, that suggest that this is the year that Ridley surpasses Julio Jones in terms of fantasy value and just an overall NFL is that just a rumor or is there some truth to that? Because I'm starting to get scared as a Julio Jones dynasty owner. What are you guys thinking? Mm, not yet. I think this is like year two for Julio Jones when he came in and Roddy White was still the man over there. I think this year, both of them, and I'm going to make a bold prediction right here like Jacob likes to talk about. It's not that <laughs> it's be reflected in my rankings necessarily, but I think Calvin Ridley could be this year's Chris Godwin where he can win you leagues, you grab him in the fifth, sixth round, wherever he's going, fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth round, somewhere around there, and he ends up being top five wide receivers. He's got the talent. His quarterback loves to throw. He's got Todd Gurley back there now, but I don't trust him to be a 300-carry kind of a guy anymore. So we know they love to throw the ball. And Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones can both top 1,200 yards, I think is where my prediction is at. And Calvin Ridley's had some big years with touchdowns already going into, what, his third season. So I like both so, of them a lot. Joe, let me ask you this then. So would you consider bypassing Julio at his draft price, draft price currently in the second round, knowing that, you know, Calvin Ridley, his teammate, could very well see 120 targets. Again, 93 last year, and he missed three games. 120 targets is a lot of targets. So mm -hmm. would you bypass Julio at his draft price and take well, uh, Calvin Ridley later on in the fifth round? Yeah, I mean, I didn't take Julio at all this year, and it's not because I don't believe in him. It's just I don't like – I I like Jacob said, in the second round, I'm trying to shore up my running back spot. I'm not trying to go after a wide receiver yet. I'm more happy just waiting till the fifth and sixth round and grabbing guys like Cup and Ridley um, rather than grabbing Julio in the second round. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I do have Julio in a fantasy league, but that was through a trade. I probably wouldn't draft him there. I'd much rather have Calvin Ridley in the fifth round after I shirt up my running backs. Uh, yeah. Mom, you dad? I mean, I feel the same about Julio. Uh, I, I'd rather skip Julio and get Ridley. Like, drafting Julio is kind of like uh, having, um, like, you know, when your remote is like dead batteries, but you can kind of get them to work a little bit every now and again. <laughs> Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You and know, it's I, I, I hate turning on a football game and then like seeing him stretching on a sideline. It's so yeah. when you have him in fantasy, but I, bro, he I, finishes number three on the year still. I don't know how he does it. I'd, I'd rather just watch Ridley play every snap. 
it's Dude. really funny that you bring that up because uh, there seems to be this sort of connotation associated with Julio Jones and that he's an injury guy. And although he is always on the sideline, he's always missing one or two plays throughout the game. And you're always like, Oh my gosh, is this guy gone? <laughs> he's played in the majority of games throughout the last three years. I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know it's an overwhelming amount. Like he doesn't. Yeah, miss you. Thank you. Joe. He's missed four games in six years. Exactly. How many? They don't count how many games he leaves and then come back. Like every game, doesn't come back. I still don't think it's that many. I think we have one year in our mind. It's every game, Gabe. He leaves. Guys, he's averaging what? 160 targets, 200 targets, 130 targets, 150 targets, 170 targets, 160 targets. He's getting the targets. He's. It's not like he's disappearing for two quarters he takes a playoff he comes back okay. sure okay, what happened to roddy white when julio emerged you know it's like yeah he started to break down and i agree that's going to happen i just don't see it this year i see it more next year i Julio's love julio fun. in redraft i look the thing is there's there's only like 12 really good running backs so i gotta get two of them in the first two rounds i just have yeah. to so the thing is i'm not gonna end up with julio but i love julio this year i especially this year. And if it's going to happen, it's going to happen next year. I think where he surpasses him, but I absolutely, I would, I'm going to probably try to trade for Julio in one of my leagues. Once one of my bench running backs start going off or something like that. Yeah. And to kind of elaborate guys, something else that's kind of interesting. Julio Jones is entering his 31 year, 31 season. Roddy White's last elite season was his year 31 season where he still had 92 catches 1350 yards and the very next year you can basically cut that in half he had 63 and 711 so i think that this is julio's last super elite year before ridley starts to take over dun 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 damn we'll wait and see good times with julio jones let's continue it on at least this year let's talk about the guy throwing him the ball matt ryan Finishes the number 11 QB last year in 10-man leagues. That makes him a little obsolete, although people are starting him, of course. And in 12-man leagues, he's certainly a starter every week in and week out. He threw the ball. He was top three in pass attempts last year, 616. He missed one game, and he was only 10 throws behind Jared Goff. So it was safe to say that he was going to lead the league in pass attempts last year. Um, which is why we love Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley so much is that, you know, they're both going to get upwards of 120, 130 targets this year. It's crazy. However, I don't know. I don't know what you guys want to say about him. I'm not too worried about his top 10 finish. I think he's a weekly starter. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably draft him. What about you guys? Um, I mean, yeah, I draft him. Uh, I mean, you're let's not going to reach for him or nothing, but you, you'll take him at the end of the draft. Let's talk. Let's do it this way. These are the top three. So there are two other guys ahead of him last year in pass attempts. Let's see who you'd rather have. Uh, Jacob, would you rather have Matt Ryan or Jared Goff? Matt Ryan. Mm. <laughs> he finished as the number 13 quarterback last year. Jared Goff did. Uh, let's see. Joe, would you rather have Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz? Matt Ryan. Ooh, Carson Wentz finishes the number seven QB last year. What about you, Damon? Would you rather take any of those two over Matt Ryan? I'd like Matt Ryan over both of them. 
I would say I would enjoy having Carson Wentz on my team. It's just those options there for him are so depleted over there in Philadelphia. And I want the guy who's throwing the ball. So, yeah, I'd probably take that. The other day, and if you go back and look, uh, Matt Ryan blows up every other year. And so Uh, last year was a down year, and this year he's going to be top four. Ooh. Dude, going – isn't he, like, ranked number six? That's not even a hot take, really. Uh, I think he's number, I want to say eight, Jacob, seven or eight, I think, behind Josh Allen. Yeah, okay. So he's like the last, uh, the highest of the veteran quarterbacks. Like he's higher than Breeze. He's higher than Brady. He's higher than than Afford, higher than Rodgers. I like Matt Ryan. The thing is, that's crazy. He disappears from me in every draft. I can never get Matt Ryan because I wait a long time to draft my quarterbacks and he yeah. goes way before I ever get a chance. But I love, I would love to have Matt Ryan on one of my teams. I have him on no teams though. Yeah. I'm laughing over here. Cause I'm trying to figure out what rankings are you guys talking about? And I just keep referencing mine. Like I'm all knowing. <laughs> I'm like, guys, that's clearly not true. Cause according to my rankings, but uh, no, it's something interesting to see. I think he's going to be great this year for fans. And he has no rushing value, too. So he's hot, so high without any rushing upside. Yeah, true. Like I said, when you throw the ball 620-plus times a season, you're, you're going to have fantasy relevance. Uh, let's talk about Todd Gurley, the newly acquired Todd Gurley, the man with the, with the questionable knees. Currently going in the end of the third, top of the fourth. He finished as the number 14 running back last year. Um, There's not a lot to say, guys. I mean, I'm sure there's tons to say. He's going to probably get – do you think the Falcons are going to be a committee backfield? I don't think so. Mm. So with that being said, I think Gurley is going to get a large amount of work. Um, I mean, let's see. Devontae Freeman, he saw workhorse, workhorse loads his entire career with the Atlanta Falcons up until that last year when he was on and off injury. Um, yeah, and Tevin Coleman still had a role, though, for a few years. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, guys. Ty Gurley has knees like my dad, though. So I feel yeah. like 12 to 15 touches a game, and I feel like in this offense, that's good. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too, is I – He's gone. I'm not sure that you can say he's in a committee because I don't see Brian Hill or Ido Smith no. necessarily being a Philip Lindsay where it's a full on committee uh, approach. But I do think that those guys together are going to eat about 50 percent of the carries uh, where Todd Gurley's going to get 50 to 60 percent. I think really what it comes down to, guys, is is he going to get work in the pass game? Because he was actually decent on the ground last year, but the big drop-off was that he didn't have those catches like he did the year before. Uh, and I think that's because a running back catching the ball, it's it creates big hits. And I think the Rams wanted to avoid those big hits with him. We'll see about the Falcons, man. I was so high on this guy coming into the season. And then, what, two weeks ago I read he's walking around with a limp in practice. And <laughs> yeah. It's like the kind of – Go ahead, Joe. It's a make or break pick, you know, because you're taking him in the fourth round Mm -hmm. and either he's going, I don't think there's a middle ground for him. I either think he's going to have a really good year. He's going to get those pass catches. He's going to get those touchdowns, or we're going to see that he's actually bum knees like your dad. And he's just doesn't have that value anymore. Yeah. Mr. Ricks, if you're out there, I I, I think you (laughs) I feel like if you have Gurley as like, if you have Gurley sitting in your flex spot, you're good. 
I feel like if you have him in your RB2 spot, you're okay. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a fair good. assessment. I mean, Joe, you brought up the fourth, fourth round. Let's talk about it. Uh, and I'll start with Jacob. David Johnson or Todd Gurley? Oh, that is so tough. But I'm going to lean towards David Johnson. Yeah. Fair enough. Ooh. Joe, Todd Gurley or Jonathan Taylor? Ooh. 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 In a redraft league, I'm probably going Todd Gurley. Fair enough. And Damon, Todd Gurley or Le'Veon Bell? Le'Veon. So that's probably Le'Veon would get more touches. Yeah. Exactly. That brings me to my next question. Do you think Gurley sees over 200 carries this year? That puts him in that workhorse territory. No. If he plays 16 games, yes. If he plays if 16 he... games, yes. Come on. It's not far off from what you just said, man. If he plays 16 games, that's 12 and a half carries a game. So, I do. yeah, I think he gets there. That's the only question for me. Does he play every game? So with that being said, let's just say in a hypothetical world, he's healthy, right? We see him get over 200 carries. Does that make Ito Smith or Brian Hill one of those premier handcuffs that we see when we're talking about, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's and Saquon's and all of that? No. No, I don't want nobody. Is is Keith Smith a fullback? (laughs) Yeah, we're talking Brian. I'd rather have Keith Sweat. So They (laughs) They should have signed Leonard Fournette, to be honest. I think the problem here, guys, is that with when you look at those guys that have the premium uh, handcuffs like Madison and Pollard, we know who's the direct number two. And so if we go into the season and we see Brian Hills getting eight, nine carries a game and Ito Smith is only getting one or two, that could put Brian Hill on the radar. But until we see that, there's no way for us to know. Exactly. And you can't draft both of them. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. So, Gay, let's talk Hayden Hurst. Yep, Hayden Hurst, guys. What do you think? I mean, he takes a, he takes over the Austin Hooper role where we saw him light the world on, or at least the fantasy world on fire last year. Can he replicate what Hooper was able to do last year? Are you taking him at all? Like, what do you think? No, but like he's not going to replicate what <laughs> Hooper did. But I like him a lot because he's not going too high. He, mm-hmm. I got have him in a couple leagues, and I think he has that role. He's going to get a lot of targets, and he was decent in flashes uh, in Baltimore, so I, I like him where his ADP is. Isn't that crazy to think? Just think about that. Julio sees 150 targets. Uh, Ridley sees 145 targets. Guess what? There's still over 300 targets left there for someone, and that's got to be Hayden Hurst, uh, Gage. I mean, there's just so many fantasy-relevant people there who you can mm-hmm. spot start when you have a quarterback throwing the ball that much. I don't know. I think his name is cooler than <laughs> what kind of value. <laughs> hey, he, he hasn't got more than four receptions in a game all of last year. I, I don't want him. Yeah, but last year he was behind Mark Andrews, guys, and he was a first-round pick. He actually got drafted ahead of Mark Andrews when they were drafted in real life. And he has some fantasy relevance in Atlanta. I, I'm with Jacob. My plan this year was to wait on tight ends. Kittle, those guys were going way too high for me. So I ended up going with the Hayden Hurst, Evan Ingram, or Hayden Hurst and Austin Hooper, or Hayden Hurst and Higby. And I would draft these guys 9th, 10th round, back to back. And I love my position with all of those. You think he finished in top 10 this year? Yeah. Uh, that's, awesome. easy in, that's easy in tight end, though. Yeah, it's top, top 10 tight end. But not Definitely. top 5, I don't think. Uh, yeah. I don't want him. All right, oh, I'm on a roll now. Sweet. <laughs> Who are you now? You say Panthers? Yeah, 
Yes. The Carolina Panthers completely revamped at five and nine last year. They're doing something different. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater, baby. They paid him the money to be the star quarterback. No more Cam Newton. And oh boy, is it going to be fun to watch Teddy Bridgewater. ADP, he doesn't really have one. Take him if you want him. That's the kind of QB he is. I don't think there's much to talk about there. Unless he proves himself, he's a week-to-week spot start during bye weeks until we see some really good things from Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, That doesn't mean that I don't think he's going to be great in terms of the NFL. Uh, Mm -hmm. For fantasy, I'm probably laying off of him for right now. But, again, Christian McCaffrey. Guys, I think he's probably the worst running back in all of football, and here's why. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I didn't get any laughs out of that like I thought I would. Thanks, Damon. You're welcome. ADP 101. Guys, we talked about it a few weeks ago. This is often a conversation that comes up all the time. I mean, just given the amount of value or, I'm sorry, volume that he is going to receive on this team, you have to keep him there. You have to draft him as that RB1. But, I mean, it's very likely that we're going to see him repeat this year. Um, But – that upside and that volume is just something you can't turn your head away from. Unless you're who? Johnny? Johnny took Saquon Barkley over CMC. I don't think there's much more to say. If you have the first pick, take him. If you don't, you're not going to get him. It's yeah. Very, yeah. Very you know, safe. I, for I, I need my words, you guys. Uh, you know, white running backs matter. <laughs> I apologize to McCaffrey because I remember when he was a rookie. Remember what I said, Gabe? He's going to get hit one time and be dead. Yeah, he said he was a glass cannon. I, That's right. I, yeah, but he's fucking still cannoning. Yeah. <laughs> Cannon. Jamon's been waiting 13 years to say white running backs matter because that's the last time we saw. Oh, I guess Peyton Hill has made yeah, the Peyton Hill did have a season. So that's fair. But he was like a full – I don't know. That was an anomaly. Anyways, let's talk about DJ Moore, ADP, currently in the fourth round. I love him this year, especially because Teddy Bridgewater is an accurate QB. He's going to be looking for those short routes. That's what DJ Moore excels at. 135 targets last year, and that was with poor QB play. He still ended up as the number 16 wide receiver on the year. It's safe to say I have him in my top 10. What about you guys? Do you think he increases or stays the same? In terms of fantasy um, relevance, I I think he's I think DJ Moore is the safe one in this team. I because uh, he's the most talented, and I feel like uh, Bridgewater is going to lean on the more talented guy. Uh, but the guys like Samuel and uh, Robbie Anderson, I don't want no part of. But mm-hmm. DJ Moore, I feel like yeah, uh, he, he's I think he's going to stay the same. I don't think he's going to increase because Bridgewater is more of a game manager than a like a go-getter yeah mm-hmm. and demon and i both brought that up that he is a game manager and that's why we love or that's why at least i love dj so much but even despite that he's very accurate when throwing the ball deep as well so that does give a little bit of relevance especially during bye week spot starts flex plays for players like curtis samuel and even robbie anderson who was newly yeah, acquired for the Jets over the offseason um i mean those guys are looking at what two you catches look at- three catches for 93 yards and a bomb. So it's, yeah, it's entirely when, possible that they're relevant. Bridgewater stepped in for Breeze last year. I don't think Michael Thomas, you know, missed a step. He he was no. still putting the same numbers up. So yeah, I think Jay Moore could probably – and look, I think Teddy Bridgewater is an upgrade from Kyle Allen and, and whoever else was playing last year. So True. I, but still, 
DJ Moore's, I think he's ranked like number nine on ESPN. Uh, I think that's a good number. I think he's around that 10 spot. I love him in the fourth round because if you can get, you know, two running backs or three running backs and then get DJ Moore, or if you get two running backs and a better wide receiver and DJ Moore in the first four rounds, that's amazing. So I, I love his ADP. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Joe, you're silent so far. What do you think? Mostly in agreement? Yeah, absolutely. Teddy Bridgewater couldn't be a better quarterback to put with DJ Moore. I love the way that that's going to work out. Just short routes, give it to Moore, let him get some yak. And uh, like Jacob said, and I was going to bring it up without comparing DJ Moore to Michael Thomas, because obviously Michael Thomas is on another level of elite. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Thomas' best game last year was with Teddy Bridgewater. And his targets didn't go down aside from week three when he had seven, which was his lowest. But aside from that, he didn't miss a step. Um, so I love it. And again, like Demont said, you're not touching Samuel. You're not touching Robbie Anderson. Take no. a wait and see approach on those guys. But DJ Moore, uh, fourth round all day. So you're uh, sitting fourth round. Are you going to go more over somebody like a, a Diggs? Yeah. Yeah. Is it easy, easy, easy for you guys? Think, yeah, yeah, it's easy for me. It's easy for me. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's someone like a DJ Moore and Allen Robinson. That makes it easy for you, Demar. Well, right? Allen, like, that's not even close. It's <laughs> up to you if you want to talk to tight ends, man. Uh, <laughs> no, there's no. I don't right. want any Carolina tight end. We'll see him later. We're moving on Watch to the last the team of the night. Be like number one tight end. And, I know. Yeah. We completely <laughs> missed him. I blame you, Jacob. Moving on to I the New Orleans Saints. They are, of course, one of the premier Super Bowl contenders last year and going into this year. They, I know, right? I did. I don't want to talk about it. How can you let Kamara slip to top to nine spot and not take him, and then at the turn get Michael Thomas? That was a, that was an easy pick for me. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's talk about Drew Brees first. ADP. Currently going in the ninth round, it makes him one of the last top ten quarterbacks to take. Uh, in eleven games last year, we talked about Bridgewater in his absence. Breeze had seven, three touchdown games. That's incredible. So he was mostly nothing short of great. He had twenty-seven touchdowns in just eleven games, guys. He he seems to have not lost a step. If we talk about Michael's Thomas not losing a step in his absence, Drew's. Breeze hasn't lost a step with age. Like he seems to be doing just fine. I would gladly take him as my starter. What about you guys? Ninth Drew round Breeze. ADP. Yeah, I'm taking Drew Breeze. Uh, it depends on the situation. Like I, I have Michael Thomas in the league, and I, I took Drew Breeze. Uh, he was like the best quarterback on the board left, and I forget what round it was, but I have Michael Thomas, so I like stacking the best wide receivers in the league with their quarterback. And because you know that wide receiver is going to have big numbers, a lot of, you know, targets, touchdowns, and all those points translate to the quarterback getting points as well. So I took Drew Brees in that situation. I might not have taken him if I didn't have Thomas, but he's – I was glad to get him, though. He was like the last really good quarterback on the, on the board at the time. So it just depends. Yeah, I think if you get Drew Brees – like he, I think Drew Brees is a league winner. What he played, what in eleven games? You said, Gabe? Yes, sir. And he plays. He plays in five more. That's three hundred yards a game. Um, like it's ridiculous. And then the four interceptions in those eleven games. Oh yeah, yeah. highly yeah. accurate. Yeah, super accurate. I think if you can get him 
super late, he's a league winner. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get to the good hey, stuff. Listen, man, the problem with him, okay, and I know this sounds crazy because on any no, other I team, love you, man. never I work. Love devil's advocate. Let's go. Let's they it. will never, ever, okay. This is crazy because no other team would do this, but Sean Payton is a different kind of animal. I think that he's actually going to drop some plays for Winston and for Hill this year. Like, oh, yeah. Is it crazy that this is actually – Kind of a quarterback by committee. I kind of think it is. Drew Brees is forty three. Man, they're saving him for the playoffs. Oh, I, I don't know. Well, they're oh. not going to draw a place for Jameis Winston. Throw oh, an interception. But I don't think it's going to be. It's not going to be anything crazy like eighty percent. No, reason. no, no, no. Like, the same amount of volume that Taysom Hill had. They'll put him in the Wildcat. He'll get a few runs. It's not going to I guarantee you we'll see Jameis on some plays, though. Yeah. And, dude, the thing is, Drew Brees is only a year older. He's only a year more injured. And Jameis Winston, uh, you know, he's kind of has, you know, he's kind of like a Teddy Bridgewater, but with a bigger arm. So, I'm in – but man, that's Bruce Arians' offense where he just sends Evans out and throw an 80-yard bomb. This is yeah. Sean Payton's offense with Michael Thomas and Kamara. I think Jameis Winston is going to take over Drew Brees' job at the end of the year because Brees is going to retire, oh and I think God. Payton's going to want to see what he can do. Jameis yeah. is about 80 pounds overweight. Taysom Hill is athletic and can like jump over people. I think this is a conversation for a different day because it's not going to happen anytime soon. It's, it looks to be an off season type of discussion, but I mean, Jameis Winston guys, he was like the number four QB last year, despite Ooh, all number, two. Oh, number two. Thank you. Yeah. So there's fantasy relevance there. He's there to learn from one of the great ones. I don't know if yeah. he's going to poach so much on Drew Brees's, you know, whatever you guys want to talk about. That's some hot takes, and I'm the one responsible for hot takes around here. <laughs> so we're moving on, and I'm shutting it down. Let's talk about Michael Thomas. There's not much to talk about. However, I do have a quick question because his current ADP is the 107. He's the first wide receiver off the board. The last two years, we've seen this man take 147 targets and 185 targets. That's a ton. I personally do not believe that he is going to see that this year. I definitely don't think he's seeing 185. I Maybe beg to differ. Don't think he's going to be around that 147 range. And the only this is another hot take. See, I told you I'm the only one allowed to do hot takes around here. <laughs> I think that Emmanuel Sanders coming in is no. probably one of the best number two <laughs> options. No. It's one of the best number two options that Breeze has had in at least the last three years since Brandon Cooks was there. Really uh, stop. stop with the hot really, takes, man. Really get need. I love Emmanuel Sanders in real life, man, but he is not fantasy relevant. And Michael I'm Thomas is not making great ones. Dude, Thomas I, is getting one hundred fifty targets at least. Emmanuel Sanders is fantasy relevant. I just believe that he's there to do a job, and his job is going to be to take pressure off of Michael Thomas, Absolutely. and he's going to, and he's going to get targets. I don't think Breeze had a sufficient second option there with what Chacron Treadwell or whoever was there a couple of the last last season. I mean there's this kind of like Ted a community approach in the second spot. Ted Ginn, Traquan Smith. Dude, Emmanuel Sanders, you know when he came to the Niners, he made big plays. 
but it was like two or three catches for 35 yards. And that is what he does, and that is what he's going to do. He's not going to take off Michael Thomas's plate. Jacob's right. He's getting 150 targets. You took it down. Brown. Bug it down. Over or under 145 targets? Over. over. I'm going under. Over. Michael Thomas, the, the, he's going to eat. He's over for sure. All I'm saying is don't let him don't let him slip to the 12th or 13th pick in your oh, draft. No. If you have pick eight yeah. through nine or eight through ten, and that's why I couldn't let him slip. Take Thank Michael you. Thomas and then take the best running back on the way back. But don't take him yeah. on the way back. The only league that I took Michael Thomas, I actually took him number six. And that was just because I wanted to have him in a league because he is the CMC of wide receivers. Go look at the stats. Mm-hmm. He is. Yeah, the stats don't lie. I'm just saying. I don't He's think they're – pick guys. He can still have 145 targets and finish as the number one wide receiver. That's all I'm saying. So let's move on to Alvin Kamara, ADP 104. This is probably one of the scarier situations. I don't know if you guys have heard or not. He's gotten the epidural in his back due to lower back pains. Uh, he came out and said – yeah, pregnant, right? He came out and said that he had the same thing done last year. As of today's episodes, they're closer than ever in terms of a contract extension. And I think the whole reason behind that is because the Saints are about to go into a very big face shift, right, with Drew Brees leaving the team in the next year or two. And when you look at Alvin Kamara and a contract extension, it supersedes the next two years. He's going to probably sign a four- or three-year contract. You don't see him signing a two-year extension. Um, with that being said, though, I think he's a lock. Uh, I, I love the guy. We may have our disagreements when it comes to Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook, Joe and I. Um, however, Joe's not wrong. 81 receptions over the last two years. That puts him in wide receiver territory, like top 10. And the guy's a beast in full PPR. He also added 797 rushing yards and 553 yards through the air. Latavius What's that? And that's a down year, exactly. He deal he dealt with some injuries last year. It makes Latavius Murray one of the premier handcuff options in the NFL. He also has relevance uh, week to week as well. Um, what do you guys think? I, I mean, he slipped all the way to the ninth pick in one of our drafts just a week ago, and I can yeah. rightly say that you guys were drafting ahead of me because I had the nine spot. So, what are your guys? Yeah, thoughts I mean, he. I just think at that time his contract questions and injury questions were like a little bit at its peak. Yeah. I think if we draft today, that never, that doesn't happen. Exactly. But I, I don't know, man, it's, it's a little bit to do. And if, if you want to talk about it, like I had, I took Clyde Edwards Hilaire in that league at number six. And I just, I know what Kamara can do. He's going to do it again. Whatever. Like he's going to, he's going to do better than last year at least. So I just like the upside of a, ceh a little bit more just who knows maybe ceh is the number two or three running back in the league fantasy wise so i just want to take a chance but i forget who else went right before kamara but it just he shouldn't drop to the number nine pick that's the thing but when he was going number four so he should realistically be the fourth pick in a draft yeah that's fair i think he's there and murray is you gotta draft murray don't let your league mates Get Murray and hold, or him. else you're hey, trading Joe, for him. Joe Mixon went right before Camara. Well, oh yeah, yeah, that shouldn't have happened either. I'd rather have Camara. See, people are taking bold picks. You know that's yeah, why. Yeah, I read that at seven, which was two picks before Camara, and I was debating between Cook and Camara. And the reason that I went Dalvin Cook was because 
if you guys go back to last year and look, not last year, the year before, 2018, when Kamara had that crazy year where I think he was top two or three, he had 18 touchdowns on the year. And last year, he only had six. And I love Alvin Kamara. He's probably my favorite running back in the league to watch from a uh, talent perspective. I love when he gets the ball. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? Yeah. But I just don't see him hitting that 18 touchdown mark again with them because Michael Thomas is there, because Emmanuel Sanders is there, because uh, Cook, because Latavius Murray is a vulture, because they put in Taysom Hill and run these crazy things. I just think that was the perfect storm for him. So while I think that you have to take him as a top five or six running back, I don't think it's a big deal if you take Dalvin Cook or even Derrick Henry, if you really like him, above Kamara. Uh, I would say I'd like Kamara over Derrick Henry just because they're catching. But Derrick Henry's going to get that goal line work, and he's going to get a, quite a few more carries. So uh, that's why I passed on him at seven. I thought it was ridiculous that he went past eight. You guys got to think too. We had a Raiders fan take Josh Jacobs at number three. So that's yeah. what kind of set things. Everybody back. Every, yeah. like, I mean, every guy should have went a pick up. You yeah. know, li- listening to Joe made me, I li- made me like Kamara more. <laughs> to be honest, I'd rather have him over Cook. Year. He's a persuasion so expert. Yeah. Joe, you made a bad pick. I would have took Kamara over Cook. <laughs> no, man. I'm telling you because no, too late. I'm already on my mind. Goal line work and he gets passing work and he gets he's but a Kamara had 1,300 yards and three six touchdowns and a bad year. All right. Well, what about Jared fun. Cook? Anybody draft Jared him? Cook <laughs> is a top 10 with low uh, upside. Top 15. Uh, well, I think he's, he's 10. I have him ranked in the top 10, but honestly, when he's going that late, I'd rather take guys with higher upside yeah. rather than like Jared Cook. So I'm probably taking someone else. I'd have him as my second tight end if I have a questionable guy. That's about it. He's not going to repeat what he did with touchdowns last year. So it's I'm not even sure he's going to be fantasy relevant. Hmm. Watch out for Josh Hill. Doesn't, doesn't Drew Brees like his tight ends, though? He does. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, Gabe, take us out, man. All right, yeah, we got some things to do, but guess what? Thank you so much for joining us. We're happy to have you here. As always, we're getting better every day. I don't know. We stuttered a few times, but we're being all right. We're getting better. (laughs) Uh, With that being said, thank you so much. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for our rankings episode. It's going to be exciting, and at that time, it's football season. So when we see you next, it's time to score some fantasy points here. Good night. Good night.